it sounds so cliche, man, but I, I really get a thrill out of helping other people. Like that's really, you know, the, the passion behind it for me. So uh, when looking to the future, man, I, I, I love to see my key managers and people that that's been around for a long time. I love to see them be successful, not just here, but in other things. And I want to see, you know, the hard work uh, pay off because that's what it's about for me, man. It's building up other people, making sure everybody else is around me is successful. You know, I don't want to, ma- I don't want to uh, measure measure success by my own personal success. I want to see everybody around me, you know, get a win. Let's discover the Cleveland entrepreneurial ecosystem. We are telling the stories of its entrepreneurs and those supporting them. Welcome to the Lay of the Land podcast, where we are exploring what people are building in Cleveland. I'm your host, Jeffrey Stern, and today I had the pleasure of speaking with James Barnes Jr., a native of Cleveland, Ohio's Ward 7 neighborhood and the founder and president of Immaculate Cleaning Company. James had launched his first successful business endeavor as a high school student. And from this experience, he learned the basic principles of running a profitable business enterprise, which he then leveraged to build what has now become Northeast Ohio's fastest growing janitorial service company with broader conglomerate ambitions of rolling up and starting up service providers across other related industries like lawn services. And to James, Immaculate Cleaning is more than a business. It's really a means to his passion for community engagement and economic empowerment working towards social impact in the areas where he grew up in Cleveland. And as of 2021, Immaculate Cleaning Company has become the proud cleaning partner of the Cleveland Monsters hockey team to amplify their impact in greater Cleveland communities. I really loved learning about James's story and and his seeming preparedness for every opportunity that has come his way. I really hope you all enjoy my conversation with James Barnes. So I know your your entrepreneurial roots here are deep, dating back to to when you were a child. And so I kind of wanted to start this conversation with just kind of going through some of the the formative moments throughout your life uh, that inspired you to build and enter this world of entrepreneurship at, at such a, a young age. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for uh, for having me, Jeffrey. So I've always been interested in business and entrepreneurship, even as a kid. And uh, kind of the motivation behind it was, you know, seeing my, my family, my mom, my dad, you know, we struggled, you know, throughout the, uh, the course of my childhood, always interested in, you know, in, in having, you know, making a change for myself and my family in my community. So those were some of the, the, the basis of, you know, me being driven to become an entrepreneur, have a successful business. Yeah. And what were some of those things that you you had worked on when you were younger that were in this kind of world of, of building things and, you know, making money and uh just like what were what were some of those activities that that you started out with? Oh man, I I, I found <laughs> I could to you know to generate some revenue, uh, and I wouldn't even call it revenue then because there was no business. There was me trying you know to find ways to make make money. But I can remember as early as I want to say seven or eight years old, maybe even even a tad bit earlier. I used to go to work with with, with my dad all the time. He had a uh, a painting company, so to speak, or he was a painter who you know uh, I want to say maybe self employed, but yeah, that was, you know, the, the beginning to develop that uh, that work ethic, just the vision behind it, you know, came early on as, as, as a child, for sure. Even in high school, I can remember a, a group of friends. We had a, a candy candy business. Man, we, uh, you know, were ruthless, <laughs> even at, at such a young age. And I can remember taking out the competition early. You know, we unplugged the uh, the vending machines. It was a candy selling venture. We would unplug <laughs> the vending machines, you know, put the, the out-of-order signs on, on the, the uh, particular machines. 
we even went as far to set a, uh, a deal with the administration at the school to sell candy after hours. So early on, yeah, it was always uh, it was always a passion, you know, behind business. And then, like I say, being driven by my own family financial situation, I knew early on that, you know, uh, nine to five or the traditional route wasn't for me at all. Yeah, that that's really funny. Just you gotta own the candy supply. That's the that's the way to start. Was it was it like something that you felt yourself naturally enjoying and and thriving at, or was it something that you worked on thinking about the different opportunities where those opportunities were? Was that something that you you had enjoyed? Yeah, I think what came natural to me was just uh, building relationships with people. Right, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to do right by people and understand that you know that integrity goes a long way. So. And building business, it was just, a, you know, like I said, a passion. I think I was, I will say, well, I'm a born leader in a sense. Always kind of went against the grain with certain things, never kind of followed the, the, the path taken by most. So early on, yeah, it was, it was early. There were signs, if you ask my parents, probably a lot of signs to say yeah, he's going to you know, definitely do something different or become a business owner. Yeah. So let's kind of paint the picture here of, you know, working backwards from, you know, let's, let's call it the, the founding story for Immaculate Cleaning and, and some of your just entrepreneurial explorations in, in high school from candy to whatever it, it may have been. What were some of those things that kind of happened in the interim? What, what kind of got you on the path towards ultimately starting what you would consider a business rather than just, you know, kind of a, a project? Yeah, so I want to say it wasn't until I uh, graduated from high school to where uh, I took those basic principles. When I say basic, I mean the the very basic principles of running a business, right? You talk about uh, marketing and advertising, the financials of a business, but not on the on the you know on a large level at all. I, I really didn't even understand business financials back then, but you know now you know, I've learned to to learn and understand those things. But when I graduated, I took those basic principles and wanted to apply it on a larger scale, right? Because, you know, at the time where most of my friends are going to college and we're kind of figured things out, I knew that I wanted to be involved in business in business and entrepreneurship, but I didn't know what. So I, it, it was at that point where I, uh, I thought about starting a cleaning business for a couple of different reasons. It was a very lucrative business and it was something that people could take me serious as. As a 19, 18, 19 year old kid, if you could trust me to do anything, you could trust me to clean, right? <laughs> so, you know, and, I, and I figured I could make some, make some money, but... I took that rule and at, at the beginning, no, we clean anything. We'll take, we'll clean your house, your, your, your car, your basement, your garage. I think my first official project for my cleaning service was uh, cleaned up a garage that they were housing their dogs in. So it was a garage full of feces. And I thought that I, you know, it was the greatest feeling ever. I think it took me about 30 minutes and, it, and she paid me about 150 bucks. And I was like, you know, we are in business. I feel great about that project. But <laughs> I started to get older, you know, uh, and figure things out. I knew that I wanted to, you know, develop a business model that could be sustainable long term. So I quickly found our niche in commercial. Uh, with commercial cleaning, it's a lot more. It's less. I'm gonna say it's less less of a headache, right? In, in dealing with B to C and B to B, you could imagine, you know, dealing with one decision maker versus the, the everyday consumer who has uh, an opinion about most things, or maybe expect a miracle, you know, to be performed versus, you know, you maintaining a commercial site. So it quickly dove into the commercial, started doing my research. I uh, went to work for a local, uh, well, not, not, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say local, I would say a pretty big company for commercial cleaning at a local college. And uh, I did everything and tried to play every position that I could within that time frame to get as much knowledge as I could about the commercial cleaning industry. From the general cleaning to floor servicing, I was spending a lot of time in the manager's office just trying to soak in 
and, you know, all the knowledge that I could. And that was at that point where I, I shift made the, you know, the shift from, all right, this is a real business now. Got it. So starting really in the, in the residential space, recognizing this opportunity in commercial and kind of enveloping yourself in, in really understanding what commercial entails with this inclination that that's where kind of the bigger business opportunity ultimately would, would lie for Immaculate Cleaning. Did, had you kind of thought about, you know, considering, and we'll get to Immaculate Cleaning today, but like the, the vision for where you might want to take the business or was it more just, I see this opportunity in commercial and I want to explore it you know, relative to the residential space, or was this idea of building a, a real like company behind it? No, it was definitely uh, intentional when building a, a sustainable commercial cleaning business. But it, it was also a combination of, of both. Like we seen the you know the fact that we could make some money now, and that we could also build this out long term. But as we got more involved and started to, to actually develop the business, it was a no brainer for us to, to move in that direction. Yeah. So what, what were some of those things as you were just kind of entrenched yourself in, in the learning and research about the commercial space that, that you didn't quite expect or, or were things that, that were new to you uh, along the way? Oh, that's a good question. I think because I took the time to do my research, right, and I went to actually work for a commercial cleaning company. Now, that was, that was kind of an eye-opener open, for me, the, uh, the, the late night, the third shift, you know, the expectations in the sense of... Uh, maintaining this huge facility and, and some of the things that they require of you, Be- really building out a brand, you know, was, was kind of a, like, okay, we got If we're going to do this, we have to do it the right way instead of just, you know, Hey, we'll show up and, you know, with a mop and bucket and, 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 you know, offering to clean someone's house. If that makes any sense at all, we have to have our, you know, the paperwork has to be correct. We have to have our ducks in a row. We want to show up and be taken seriously to, to service these high profile facilities. Yeah, no, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think about, one of the the roles of a CEO being just understanding of every element of the business and being able to kind of play the part and and that's an exercise in in like empathy not only for like the the business and 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 opportunities you're trying to win but for the employees and the company you're you're trying to build absolutely so coming out of out of this kind of research experience what were you know some of the lessons that you kind of brought with you from earlier on in your career that you had learned, uh, you know, f- from the as early as the candy uh, endeavors to to starting immaculate cleaning. What what were what did you find that that you had learned that worked? What did you find that you wanted to do differently? What, what were the things you were thinking about as you started to pull together the what the culture and um, and kind of strategy behind immaculate cleaning would be? Yeah, so what I what I found out was that I didn't really know much at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, as a as a you know teenager, 18, 19 year old kid, you think that you got it all figured out. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to make a million dollars tomorrow, and I'm going to we're going to live happily ever after, right? Now, once I got <laughs> into business, that was you know it, that that mindset quickly changed. Uh, just learning those early early lessons. The biggest thing for me was uh, discipline, right? As like I said, as a, as a teenager. I'm my own boss. I have employees. You can't really tell me much. So being disciplined to know, you said, you know, to say, hey, these are, you know, the, some of the best years of our life, right? College years and all our friends are all partying and drinking. And I got to stay here, you know, stay focused and get this business plan together for we can, you know, make sure that things are ready to go. But uh, that, that, that'll probably be the biggest lesson that I learned as far as making the transition from high school to the cleaning company. Man, it's a ton of lessons, but... <laughs> Maybe in, in the context of a story, like how did you get your first commercial deal, like coming out of all this? 
So I'll backtrack a little bit, Jeffrey. Uh, coming out of working for the uh, the cleaning service, I set a mm-hmm. date. I said, uh, I'm going to work for exactly six months to the date, and then I'm going to, you know, set a timeline. I'm, I'm going to quit. The day, the six months of the day, I cold turkey. I, I walked away. So I never, I don't want to get caught up in the system of, of you know, relying on a constant paycheck, in, 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 you know, within that that system. So I, I walked away. I uh, went and bought a pickup truck. I'm still out, you know, hustle mode, like I say, trying to find my way. And uh, but at this time, I've made the decision to focus on commercial cleaning versus residential. So I had a couple of a couple of uh, uh, great mentors throughout the you know my business journey. One called me up one day. He said, "Hey, I got a uh, someone works at you know this location. They're looking for an employee to service, but hey, you could possibly turn this into a cleaning account." Okay, perfect. So I go, I uh, make the make the uh, you know make the phone call. We set a meeting. I, t- I go to the interview and um, tell him about all my capabilities and everything. And the guy looks at me. He say, oh, that, "That's great." He say, "But uh, you know, we don't right now. We only have twenty bucks an hour to offer you right now. I hope I really hope that's enough." And at the time, like I say, 20, 19, 20 year old kid, you offer me twenty bucks an hour, I probably would have took took ten. <laughs> so I'm, you know, trying to, to keep my composure. I'm saying, oh well, you know, well, maybe we could make something happen with that. Yeah, yeah. On the inside, it's like, man, I'm like, I made it. This is it. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I took I took the position. Uh, same thing. I set the standards super high. So as you know, I'm doing a lot of well, all of the work myself at this at this point. And, you know, we're, we're doing a bang up job. They've never seen this place look this great. We're flexible. We, we're building these relationships. Like it was, it was, it was a great relationship. So I did the exact same thing. I worked for three months in that, you know, in that position. And I said, Hey, I got to, you know, make a move. I want to uh, hire someone to take on this. Cause one thing I did learn early on to go back to the point was you have to work on the business and not in the business. Right. So if I'm constantly, you know, wrapped up in, you know, being a laborer, I can't work, focus on being a business owner. So I set that that timeline again, three months. I gave myself three months, and I, I, I was I was gone. I was done with it. So throughout that time that I'm working, I'm I'm setting everything up to make that transition. Right, I'm bringing people in, that, you know, assisting in completing these projects. They get familiar with the spaces. So when it was time to go, hey, you got every everything you need necessary, or everything you need to you know to take on this uh this project alone. When I left, I presented the uh, the client with uh, or my my employers at this time with the formal proposal. Mm-hmm take to my company, take over the cleaning operations. And uh, we did some negotiating back and forth, but uh, ultimately I did accept the uh, proposal and that was our first official cleaning account. That's awesome. We'll kind of fill in the blanks as we go here, but just like, how do you describe the business today? You know, what, what is immaculate cleaning at a high level and, you know, at, at what scale have you kind of built it to, to today? Immaculate, you know, we look, I look at it a couple of different ways, man. This is like my, my baby, you know, something I created from nothing. But then again, this is a, we're creating an enterprise, right? So I try to look at it that way on, on a daily basis. But we built our brand in a way to where we focus on a couple of different things, uh, innovation, training systems and relationships. Those are the key differentiators of, you know, uh, for Immaculate Cleaning. And keeping that in mind, we're, we're building something for the future. You know, this is not something that we're doing for the time being. It's not a lifestyle business. This is definitely, you know, something that we're we're expanding and, and building on those relationships that we built in the past. So right now we're we're leveraging to for a couple of different industries. We're we're uh, building immaculate landscapers. We're building immaculate transportation and logistics. We're building immaculate university, and all of this uh, will fall up under the umbrella company of uh, Immaculate Management Group, which Immaculate Cleaning will be part of that as well. 
So, yeah, we, we're taking those relationships, man, and, uh, you know, things that we've built in the past and we're creating a conglomerate. That's an incredible kind of transition in uh, the ambition and scope of the company over time. Uh, um, you know, a, as you've built up and had success with Immaculate Cleaning, where was the seed for that kind of broader vision planted and how did it kind of come to, to sprout? Man, I, I feel like I've always been very ambitious with, with my, uh, my business vision. And then, like I said, early on, when we made the decision to go commercial, it was, that was part of that decision-making process as well. We were thinking long-term. I'm, I'm never content with, you know, what we have going on, always looking for the next big thing, not in the sense of overnight success, but just making sure that we align ourselves with, you know, things that could help push the vision along. Yeah, man, that, that's always been who, you know, I am as a person and not that's the culture of the company, right? We, we, we look to the future, man. We think long-term, we, we execute on, on the things that we said we were going to do. It's like, you know, myself is it, it, a reflection of the company and vice versa. Yeah, no, but before we kind of explore some of the the alternative business uh, opportunities that, that you have in play, I, I know I just kind of want to you know wrap up where Immaculate Cleaning has come and, and how it, how you came to, to be here, really with kind of two specific paths. Uh, one is, I'd love to hear the story of how you became the official kind of cleaning partner for the Cleveland Monsters. And then we before that, I'd love to also understand the the role of Jumpstart in, in Immaculate Cleaning's development as well. For sure. First, I want to say not official, but proud cleaning partner of the of the Cleveland Monsters. But uh, so that that came across. Everything I like to, I like to do is uh, you know I like things to happen organically. Like we don't force anything. Things kind of just play themselves out. You know, it's meant for us. You know, it's meant for us. So that conversation started. We were contacted uh, from a rep from the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers actually. And he wanted to have a conversation and we entertained a conversation thinking about our employee or developing our employee incentive program. Right. So we, like I said, we talk about relationships. That's not just relationships with clients. That's relationship in-house as well with our employees, you know, with their families and, and so on and so forth. So in developing that plan, you know, we, we, we had an agreement to where, you know, we could send some of our key employees down with their families to enjoy the game. All the perks of being out at Rocket Mortgage, some of the concerts and events, and they know it was great. We noticed one day when we were down that there was an advertisement of uh, claiming another company to be the official cleaning partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So mm-hmm. it, immediately my, my mind went, hey, we're, we're going to do something. No, you're being ambitious. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it immediately. So we, you know, they started having conversations just about, you know, what, what it takes to be a partner and some of the things that they offer and, you know, how we can help with, uh, build a community with this, with this, with this partnership. And I'm all about, you know, we haven't touched on it, but I'm, I'm, I'm all about, you know, the community and the people. But yeah, so it, it, we, the, the talks developed and, you know, we, we reached an agreement and yeah, so we became the official or the, the proud cleaning partner of, proud. Of, of the Cleveland Monsters. But you know, th- those, those guys are, are, are great. Uh, one of the things that drew me to the organization was, now I, I, I try not to get blindsided by the glitz and glamour behind certain things, right? People would get so caught up in doing business with the name of, oh, the Cavaliers are, you know, the, the monsters. But it, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. So we tried to be, you know, conscious of, you know, what we were doing in that space and what the goal was, which was ultimately to, you know, benefit our employees. And then it made sense to, you know, from a, a partnership standpoint for us to do business together. Yeah. What What do you think has um, kind of allowed you to 
when some of these larger deals in what I understand to be a very competitive space, you know, speaking to the, some of the other companies claiming to be the, the official, you know, sp- uh, sponsor and cleaners out there, w- what has the, been the competitive edge for you and has allowed you to, to kind of thrive and grow in this market? Man, a, a couple of different things, but like, I'm going to go back to the things I said before, which is the training systems, right? We make sure that each employee is trained properly, but they all claim, so I'm, I'm going to take it back to the drawing board. When I, when I rebranded and I was thinking about you know, who we are as a company, I noticed that every cleaning service claimed to have a quality service. They all claim that, hey, do we have, we're a quality cleaning service, quality this and quality that. What is quality? Like what defines quality? So I, I broke it down. I say, for us, quality is being innovative in our, our field, having the most uh, up-to-date tools and equipment, being knowledgeable and, and also incorporating technology into our day-to-day operations. We talk about training systems, right? In order to produce this product, we have to have make sure that people are serviced. You have to make sure that people are trained. So I like to compare it to you know the McDonald's system, right? You can go to a McDonald's over in California and Cleveland and Africa and, and wherever you know the locations are, and it, the burger is going to taste exactly the same. The fries are going to taste exactly the same. So that's part of the system that's in place, right? The training systems, which is huge for us. And then the last and most important piece of it is the uh, relationship portion of it. When you buy into, well, I wouldn't even say uh, buy into, when you become a partner with Immaculate Clean, right, you get me. And, and I'm huge on relationships. You know, a lot of integrity. We make sure that we treat, you know, my dad has a quote. He say Immaculate, where, <laughs> where you're treated like family and family is treated like a friend. And that's, you know, we, we stick to that. That's who we are. Right on. As you kind of grew the business, you know, it, it requires capital to, to bring on more people and and set up these systems for training and, and get those tools in place. And, and so was this kind of always a, a bootstrap business where just as you brought on more, more deals, you were able to hire more people. Was there any capital brought on at any point to kind of, to jumpstart, not, not in the jumpstart sense, but like to jumpstart the business and, and then where did actually jumpstart the, the Cleveland organization come into play as you were, as you were growing the, the organization? Yeah, absolutely. For a long time, you know, like I say, it was bootstrapping. We, we funded ourselves, the, the company, no, no funding. We, we kind of just, fund, you know, in-house organically funded, our, funded ourselves. It wasn't until 2018. And the funny thing is, so the chain reaction competition was just released. I don't know if you're familiar with the chain reaction competition. No, what, what, is, what is that? It was a, a spinoff of the LeBron show, Cleveland Hustles. They had some success the first year, but they didn't want to pick it up for a second year. So you had the local business organizations who wanted to pick it up, uh, Jumpstart, Cozy, uh, GCP, a couple others I, I think were involved, but they wanted to pick it up and, you know, keep it moving. So uh, I think I was involved, excuse me, uh, year two of the chain reaction. At that time, the funny thing is I, I, was, I was going to submit, it came across my email, I was going to submit an application, but I was going to submit an application for a separate entity that I had with uh, some of my partners. And uh, we, I ran it past them, and uh, I had a writer that I was dealing with at the time, and I ran it past her as well. And uh, the guys didn't want to proceed; they had some, you know, some reservations about it. And the writer was like, "This is perfect for you. Like, you should definitely get involved with this with this program." And I was like, "Ah, you know, we're we're pretty good. You know, I think we can manage." But you know, she's like, "No, nah, I think this is this is good." For so I say, hey, "So you know, go let's let's do it." So we we sat there. We, uh, we put together a, a nice executive summary submitted to the, uh, you know, the application. I want to say there were over 100 applicants. They nailed it down to 20. We were one of the top 20. Then we had to go through what you uh, called the, like the boot camp series or whatever it is. It was like six weeks where they teach you how to uh, pre- present to the, uh, 
the investors and everything. So I'm, I'm sorry I didn't didn't actually explain the uh, the competition. So pretty much uh, the chain reaction was they pick a, a specific community in Cleveland. That uh, particular year, it was uh, the old Brooklyn neighborhood, and there were there were five investors. They were each going to pick a business and invest 100k into the business of their choosing. But that business had to set up a uh, you know brick and mortar in that particular community, which was old Brooklyn. So yeah, we went through the uh, the boot camp, came down to, <laughs> and the boot camp was kind of funny because you know I'm a very quiet you know person. I'm very observant, but I'm already working on my plan, and you know throughout the source of the course of the uh, the boot camp series, <laughs> these guys are like throwing out these ideas, and I'm like, man, I was going to use that, but now <laughs> everybody. <laughs> So it's like almost, yeah, it, it was like, man, you guys hurt me more than you. But it, was good. It, it was a lot of good insight. They taught, you know, how to get projections and things uh, prepared. So we actually presented and we were one of, I think they chose, I think there were seven winners that year. And we partnered with an investor, uh, Vanessa Whiting. She's a great, great, great business mind. A shark here in Cleveland, man. She, she's, you know, been nothing but less than great. Oh, so yeah, that was how I got introduced. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the context. <laughs> right, right. So I got how I got introduced to uh, Jumpstart because they were the main, however, you know, they, they were in control of that at the time. Like the, uh, the yep, yep. series was at Jumpstart. Man, I, when I did my presentation, I think I did a, a pretty pretty good job, man. And uh, from there, I got involved in the, uh, the Cleveland Impact Program. I didn't win, but, you know, it was a great, great opportunity. And from there, I just kept working closely with, with Jumpstart and staff. Got some great advisors over there. Yeah, we, you know, one of, the, one of their premier businesses, we seen a lot of success from uh, two years ago and we, you know, been scaling every single year. So yeah, it's, it's a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's a good segue talking about impact and kind of local focus to, to kind of work in how the work you're doing with Immaculate Cleaning ties into community engagement and economic development as something I know that that is important to you. But but how do you think about that? How, how does it, you know, translate in the into the day to day of what you do, and then at a higher level, uh, how, how you're thinking about that? Yeah, man. So I am from uh, where I was raised on the east side of Cleveland in like the uh, the Huff neighborhood. Like I said earlier, it's a very you know impoverished area. A lot of lot of crime, a lot of you know a lot of negative things, so to speak, going on over there. As I grew my business, that was one of the things that that has always been near to dear, near and dear to me in my mind and in my heart. Just uplifting and, and building that that community, the youth over there. Yeah, man. So to, to the community, you know, that's 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 huge for me. Man. A, lot of, a lot of employees come from over in that area. We try to put different programs in place. Like we talk about the, the incentive program, but, you know, we try to assist in, in purchasing homes wherever we can, you know, help build value, you know, in their lives. Like it's not about the business yet. We want to make money, man. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to we care about the individual uh, first. So much so we have a back to school drive in uh, conjunction with the Cleveland Monsters. We'll be giving away some some backpacks and you know, just giving back to the community. That's, you know, that's, that's big to me. And all, yeah, yeah. I, I always think like, you know, we didn't have access to a lot of things back when I was growing up in that neighborhood. So we got, in, we got into a lot of <laughs> negative things because of that. So, you know, being able, you know, and being in a position to give back and provide resources is, is huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's very cool to hear. I, it reminds me, you know, uh, we had a, a Mansfield Frazier on the show Towards the beginning of it, but he he was also building Chateau Huff, also you know focused really locally on on recidivism and, and kind of the triple bottom line business, but having an impact locally in in the in the community to to kind of build people up. It's it's very cool. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's really like you know who I am as a person. I'm I'm all about the community. 
all about doing good. You know, it, it, I know it's a balance to everything, right? So talk about success and, and doing certain things in the business community, right? You can't have one without the other. So we understand the importance of philanthropy and giving back. Yeah. So with that, I do want to get your perspective on on the future. And, you know, you mentioned kind of a handful of other industries that you you are taking Immaculate to kind of, you know, Immaculate as a management company, as a holding company, as a conglomerate to, to kind of off, offshoot a few of these other businesses. Have you had to gone through kind of the same research and understanding exercises that you went through with specifically the the industry of cleaning to to understand the the specifics or the nuance of how those industries work or how have you gone about like figuring out you know this particular industry of you know maybe like lawn work versus a, a different industry like how have you thought about that and and where what are what are the factors weighing different different uh, industries each of these industries is like we we didn't uh, choose them they chose us <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we see an opportunity. And, and giving back, I'm, I have a close group of friends and, and people that I deal with, and they, you know, some are involved in, in landscape, some in transportation, but we've seen opportunity, right? And then we've seen opportunity to merge them with the cleaning to build off of those same relationships, right? So, for example, with the landscape, I had uh, invested a lot of lot of time and, and, and money into one of my friends' uh, business. Very, very small landscape, wasn't, you know, wasn't really thinking about B2B or anything, just, you know, just basically maintaining some, you know, nine to five type of or self-employed type of type of setup. But, uh, man, we got, we, we got approached uh, more than once more uh, enough times to say, Hey, maybe we should, uh, yeah, make this, make this, uh, this move. And that, that made, it made all the sense in the world, right? We already invested some money into this, uh, you know, to this venture. We, we seen a, a chance to collab and, you know, help this individual build, build his business as well. So we kind of just came in and, and, and you know, it, took, it, it made sense. We had some knowledge uh, behind it and we just, you know, take it to the next level. We're just going to just plan to scale it. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. We plan to launch the landscape. I want to say October 1st, mm-hmm. we'll, talk, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll move right into like the spring cleanup type of thing. During that time, like we developed so much. Like it, it'll be, you know, kind of evolved around software. I want to say like the Uber of landscape services. So, you know, you won't have an individual, but we'll be dealing with a lot of different contractors as we build, you know, go out and get these contracts and work. We'll be dishing it out, giving other uh, business owners opportunity as well. So we'll, we'll yeah. leverage the brand, we'll build out the uh, the company and we'll, you know, initially or essentially give opportunity to other, you know, landscape businesses or smaller landscape companies throughout throughout Cleveland. And then this is a model that we plan to take or in scale nationally as well. So these systems that you had kind of put in place for immaculate cleaning are systems that you think and feel are extensible to these other lines of businesses where you can kind of reuse the the technology, the 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 training, the programs across different industries to to kind of effectively scale and and, and run the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I say, the most important to me is relationships. I've been trying to scale down from getting any landscape accounts right now. The relationships that we built, if we mention it Man, we've been swamped in landscape services, right? <laughs> when I'm trying not to do anything until we officially <laughs> launch. So that's that, you know, that that kind of plays into that as well as innovation, you know, the software that we're using, the uh, it'll be an application customized for, you know, for immaculate landscaping. And we'll go out and get clients and everything will, will work, you know, all the functions through this through this application. But yeah, so like I said, the relationship that we built, it made sense and uh, it, it's showing that we made the, the right decision because man, man, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, focus is important. One of the things, you know, it sounds like most of the the growth in the past has been just organically, like how, how you've how you've grown it. And it sounds like potentially going forward, there could be more of an opportunity for you to acquire businesses and kind of, you know, roll out your your infrastructure that that you're that you're using in house and and in in other lines of the business. How are, how are you kind of thinking about organic versus acquisitory growth going forward? Man, it's something to think about. Something to think about. I, uh, I always thought that, I always heard that, uh, excuse me, you should sell your first business. And uh, we're weighing all options. I read a book early on in my entrepreneurial journey called Built to Sell. And it was probably one of the greatest books I've ever read, right? Because it talks about building a system. Same to go back to the McDonald's system, building an actual system that you can sell and it's scalable. Instead of doing multiple different, you know, don't, being scattered, right? You talk about focusing on and honing in on a, on, a, on a specific system, but with that system, man, you 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 build to sell, man. And uh, we you know we built a system that we could definitely that we can definitely sell. So it's not out the question. We know maybe might acquire the other business, but you know everything is is an option, man. We're you know more focused on building it to a point to where if we choose to sell, it'll be <laughs> a nice a nice uh, offer. Yeah, sky's the limit. Yeah. What what excites you most about about the future, kind of looking forward, where where the sky is the limit. <laughs> man, I get it really. It sounds so cliche, man, but I, I really get a thrill out of helping other people. Like that's really, you know, the, the passion behind it for me. So uh, when looking to the future, man, I, I I love to see my key managers and people that that's been around for a long time. I love to see them be successful, not just here, but in other things. And I want to see, you know, the hard work uh, pay off because that's what it's about for me, man. It's building up other people, making sure everybody else is around me is successful. You know, I don't want to. Me- I don't want to uh, measure su- measure success by my own personal success. I want to see everybody around me. You know, get a win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As you kind of reflect on on all your entrepreneurial journeys over the, the last few years here, and also in contrast to you know some of the learnings that you had starting the business, what are the, some of the things that that have you know kind of challenged you, struck you, you didn't expect along the way? I mean, all of it is very hard, but like, yeah. what, 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 are, what are some of the learnings that you've taken with you so far? Man, Jeffrey, I mean, when I say we had some, and still deal with challenges, man, but we've, we've, you know, I've seen a lot in the short time I've been in business. I mean, I've, I've been the other uh, business owner who, like I said, I'm very ambitious. So it, you're not going to see me turn down too many projects or not try to figure things out. So I've been in positions to where, hey, you know, we uh, have a 20, 20K payroll Friday. Today is a uh, Thursday, and we looking at maybe a uh, three, four k in the bank bank account. So, just you know, learning how to uh, work around those things, man, and having patience and dealing with different personalities in, in, in those type of situations, man, and controlling the situation. It's, it's been a lot. Like just for example, right now, the, our biggest challenge is hiring and retaining employees. You know, it, there's there's a lot of incentives for people not to come to work now. So, you know, reach the point to where we got to be innovative and find new ways to, to hire and retain, you know, employees. The hourly wage is not, is not keeping people around anymore, right? So we got to find ways to go out and make it appealing, which, you know, we're talking about the employee incentive program. But for example, there was a big concert here in Cleveland, the uh, the Summer Jam concert at a Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, we took 18 employees down, man. And it was, it was a great feeling, great feeling. Yeah. In the context of the pandemic over the last year and a half, I imagine that is something that that probably had some like material impact on on the the day to day of the business. And how did you kind of weather that storm? 
man, it was unexpected. You know, it was. It's, I think it started off as as a joke to everybody. Like, oh yeah, what is that? And slowly but surely, it became a real thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah we, we had to adjust, man. We had to adjust, but not to sound insensitive, but we, you know, we're in a position to capitalize. You know, off of off of you know the pandemic, but also uh, make you know help out in a sense, right? To to make spaces safe and disinfect, and we you know we took pride in that as well, but. It was it was helpful to us because you know as we we worked on our marketing our marketing strategies right in dealing in commercial and business to business our our challenge was always how to find a way in how to get to the decision maker mm-hmm. right so you try to offer a specialized service hey we'll you know come clean the carpet or we'll service this or you know but that gave us you know a way in and and we weren't we didn't have to look for them because they were looking for us so so definitely gave us a, you know a, a way to to get inside and once we're inside we can then talk about hey we can maintain or we could, you know, uh, you know, further the conversation about how we could transition this into a long term contract. But, yeah, we, we, we definitely seen an increase in, uh, in sales and, and we were happy to, you know, help make a difference as well. But it was, we, it, was, it was definitely an adjustment with employees. You know, as we increased our workload, we've seen a decrease in, <laughs> in employees. So that was a huge challenge, man. My, 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 my shout out to my team man. they were overworked and tired. And we really, really did a lot of. A lot of work during that time period. It still is, but uh, we're starting to see a change now. People are starting to, you know, come back, get some traction with with hiring. But uh, yeah, we definitely had to make some some real, you know, key adjustments, man, and making sure that we kept everyone safe and did our part to to, to you know keep the, the buildings maintained properly as well. I love hearing how just a lot of the the opportunities that you've had have just, you know, kind of presented themselves to you and you've had this preparedness to kind of run with them and, and capitalize on them. Yeah, we try, we try to, uh, you know, stay prepared for any opportunity. And like I said, we, I've been grooming myself in the business for this a long time. You know, if, yeah. if we get addressed with the opportunity, the last thing we want to do is grow ourselves out of business. So we're strategic about how we take on these different projects. But, you know, I'm confident, you know, myself and my team that, you know, no matter the challenge, we'll, we'll definitely get it figured out. We were presented with a lot of different opportunities and man, a shout out to my team again. We, we, we definitely figured it out. Definitely figured it yeah. out. Now, I, I feel like we missed maybe a, a basic point early on in the conversation. How, how long have you been working on Immaculate Cleaning? So officially, right? I say officially, that's from the date of like a, the state certification. Uh, that yeah. was March of 2011. So we're, we're approaching 11 years now. But unofficially, like I say, fresh out of high school, man, I was doing all type, <laughs> all type of gigs to uh to make some money and, and stay afloat. Yeah, man, that was that was you know <laughs> coming out. You know, I didn't have much responsibility because I uh you know stayed with my parents. But things got got real quickly. You know, when when uh <laughs> doing you know paying a phone bill and just trying to maintain as a as a young adult. You know, I definitely was ambitious back then. But man, we had to figure things out back then as well. Yeah. Now I'll kind of uh, open the the floor to you here for for anything that you feel is important about the immaculate cleaning story that maybe we haven't covered yet, and that you want to share about about the journey and and where you're taking it. I think we covered a lot, man. But uh, <laughs> it, it 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 was definitely a long journey. It took a lot of lot of lot of discipline, a lot of hard work. Uh, I remember I tell this story all the time. I, I met a guy years ago. He, he, excuse me, he owned a janitorial service as well. I was always, I, I, when I say I was very ambitious, I was very ambitious. I, I was always looking for the next opportunity, you know, to to present myself in the business. I was, you know, Johnny on the spot, but uh, someone introduced me to this guy. He, he had a janitorial service. 
he had just signed like some huge deal with, I want to say like Dollar General or something like that. And uh, they made the introduction. I jumped right in. Hey, I can get a team together. We could, you know, make something happen. I was always, you know, observing how, how things work and things didn't quite, quite work out. But I remember asking him, I say, uh, I say, how did you, you know, get to this point? And he was like a uh, hard working and dedication. I said, come on, you, like, give me this, give me this deal. Like, let, you know, let me know what's really going. He said hard work and dedication. And uh, at the time I didn't get it, but now it's like, you know, it's really about hard work and dedication and persistence is everything. You know, we got a million no's, but maybe we got, you know, the yeses that we did get it counted for sure. Yeah, no, it, it sounds, it sounds trite, but uh, I think it is true. It's such a cliche story, right? Just like, ah, oh, man, it's like, <laughs> like a movie. Yeah. But no, it's all, all facts. But there, there's truth in the cliches. I think mm-hmm. that's why they're, they're cliche. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, but we, we, you know, plan to continue to, to grow and scale. I see no, no limits for, for immaculate cleaning and the, just the immaculate group of companies that we're, that we're creating, but got a, got a great team. Got a couple other ventures in the works as well. My guy, shout out, shout out to my guy Charles Hubbard with uh, In Depth Data building a. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about it. He works closely with Jumpstart. Mm-hmm. Well, he is building a uh, financial platform for business owners and helping them understand the financials and you know the the profitability of, of their own business. But it's, it, it, that that'll be huge. That's something that you know takes a lot of my time as well. That's it, man. I, you know, I think you covered a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate you you going in, in deep on on all the aspects of of the journey so far. Well, we'll tie it back local to to kind of wrap it up here. But one of the the questions that I'm asking everyone who who comes on the the podcast is trying to paint a, a collective collage, not necessarily of people's favorite things in Cleveland, but of things in Cleveland that other people may not know about that they should. And so with that, I'll, I'll ask you what, what some of those things might be to you. That is a very interesting question, partly because <laughs> I love Cleveland. <laughs> Born and raised, yeah. you know, I, I, I always say that if you make it in Cleveland, you can make it anywhere. I kind of like uh, those people that, that, that come or leave Cleveland and say, oh, there's nothing in Cleveland. You don't know Cleveland if you, if you feel that no way. Right? <laughs> there's a ton of things to do in Cleveland. Downtown Cleveland is awesome. You have the University Circle area, which is awesome. Uh, the Tremont area, which is awesome. There's a ton of things to do. I'm, I'm a big supporter of local businesses and, you know, Black-owned, minority-owned businesses as well. Downtown Cleveland is, is you know, my, some of my, my favorite hangout spots. I really enjoy going to the lake off of uh, East 55th in, in Marina. That was, a, you know, kind mm. of put it to free my mind every now and then. There's a matter of fact, there's a couple of different locations of the lake that uh, you know, I really enjoy going to. I don't want to say it wrong, but it's off further up uh, Lakeshore is a, a spot in it, man. It's, it's a lovely view, lovely view. I love Cleveland, man. I think Cleveland is a great place to be. I think it's a lot of potential here. A lot of uh, a lot of great business owners, a lot of great people, period. There's definitely a transition going on right now. There's, there's a shift. We're going to see what Cleveland is really made of. Shout out to the Browns. You know, they're, they're, they they should be pretty, pretty decent this year. The Cleveland Monsters, of course, got the, the hat on. <laughs> yes, proud, proud. <laughs> well, James, I... Uh... I really appreciate you coming on and and uh, and telling your story and and sharing all all the work that you're doing and uh, very excited to hear about all the the success that that you're having. So so thank you. Absolutely, I really appreciate that. Uh, real quick, uh, Jeffrey, I want to give just yeah yeah a couple of my 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 guys, my partners who uh you know different business ventures. I mentioned in depth data. Uh, you you'll definitely be hearing more about that. A great platform, a business community online and you uh, a lot of different resources but they specifically focus on financial tools to help you know minority and 
and small businesses, uh, make sure that they're managing the finances the right way. Rouse Hassan, of course, you know, DQ and Pete, are, that's our marketing team. Great guys, man. We couldn't you know, do some of the things we do without them. And then my, my guys over at Strong Arm Mobile, uh, Mobile uh, Detail Wash, great guys. It's another business that we're building out, but yeah, feel free to check them out as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If folks have anything they want to follow up with you about, what is the best way for them to do that, James? Email info at immaculatecleaningohio.com. And that's I-M-M-A-C-U-L-A-T-E, cleaningohio.com. Feel free to hear with any questions or, or anything. And then all, you always call our office, uh, 440-721-1024. Feel free to reach out. Then if you want to, you know, social media person, I'm just terrible with social media. I never know my, uh, <laughs> my handles off, off. So we're going to, let me check it out. J.Barnes4 is, uh, is my uh, my Instagram. So that's J.B-A-R-N-E-S4, the number four. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, thank you again, James. Really, uh, really enjoyed this one. Likewise, man. Likewise. Thanks for having us again, Jeffrey. I really appreciate the, uh, you know, you taking time to have a conversation. Wasn't my best work. Thanks. Shout out to uh, <laughs> the coffee that, I, that I'm juiced up off of <laughs> right now. <laughs> but, uh, I, hope, I hope that, you know, the listeners could, could definitely get some good insight and learn something from our conversation. I think, I think, I uh, think they all will. I appreciate that. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. So if you have any feedback, please send over an email to jeffrey at layoftheland.fm or find us on Twitter at podlayoftheland or at sternhefe, J-E-F-E. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for our show, please reach out as well and let us know. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or on your preferred podcast player. Your support goes a long way to help us spread the word and continue to bring the Cleveland founders and builders we love having on the show. We'll be back here next week at the same time to map more of the land. The Lay of the Land podcast was developed in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, unless otherwise indicated, we do not own equity or other financial interests in the company which appear on the show. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.